Welcome to Breaking Through, the podcast that explores the breakthroughs we're making every day at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. I'm Madeline Bell, the hospital's president and CEO. Today's episode is part of my new podcast miniseries, The Breakthrough Chronicles. In this series, patients and their families will be sharing stories about their experiences at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, which we often refer to as CHOP. They will also be sharing their breakthrough moments. I'm excited to speak with them and introduce them to you. My guests today are Jamie and Nick Abarella. Jamie and Nick's three-year-old daughter, Tenley, was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, or HLHS. HLHS is a life-threatening heart defect in which the left side of the heart is underdeveloped, and treatment for this was pioneered here at Children's Hospital. Tenley had a heart transplant at CHOP in 2019 when she was just five months old. And while she's doing well today, her journey has been challenging. There have been many twists and turns along the way. Jamie and Nick, welcome to Breaking Through. So when did you first learn that Tenley had a heart defect? So we first learned about her heart defect at my 20-week anatomy scan at my local OB, and we just went for a normal visit. And then within that ultrasound, I just knew something was wrong just by the way kind of things were going and how the technician kept revisiting a specific area. And um, fast forward an hour, the doctor was sitting there telling us words like hypoplastic left heart syndrome and specialty hospital and CHOP and heart surgery, all of these things that we've never even heard of before. So you had a lot of different choices about what to do when you learned this. Why did you choose to come to CHOP? Our doctor just basically said, we're going to refer you right to CHOP. It's the best hospital around. We wouldn't want to see you go anywhere else. And I think it was the very next day the fetal heart program had reached out to Jamie and had already set up an appointment for us. And so within 48 hours, we were on campus um, in the fetal heart program getting our first scan here and then meeting with the teams of doctors and what was going to transpire. And you live an hour and a half away, so getting that all to happen in a short period of time must have been challenging. Yeah. Uh, so in a weird way, it was almost like a seamless process. Within 48 hours, we were here. And, um, yeah, we were a ball of emotions. We tried to do our research, you know, within those first hours and before we came here to be as prepared as we could. And uh, I think with all the research that we did, we were more than comfortable coming here. And then after our first meeting, we we knew our life would be changed because of this place. And it was. Tell us a little bit about her treatment plan once she came to CHOP and how did it change along the way? So uh, starting at 20 weeks, uh, that was my first appointment here. And that initial scan from fetal heart, they confirmed HLHS. And then they said they wanted to monitor me every four weeks up until my due date. And then at 37 weeks, they wanted me to move here. So I visited from 20 weeks to 37 weeks. I was here at least every every month for appointments. Tenley was born here at CHOP. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So I had Tenley in the SDU, the special delivery unit, um, and I literally cannot say enough great things about it. My birthing experience with Tenley as crazy as a time it was, it was actually such a special and peaceful moment for my husband and I. 
and they were just wonderful. And the way that it's obviously set up here at the hospital, it was actually on the same floor as the cardiac floor, which was great. So after Tenley was born, I was quickly able to go visit her. And then Nick was able to go between visiting with Tenley and then back to me in the STU after I delivered. So yeah, it was just overall such a great experience. And like I said, even as crazy it was, it was just overall just so amazing and peaceful and um, relaxing in a, in a weird way. So Tenley, when she was born, I understand that she was here for 165 yes. days. What do you remember most from that time? Because that's a long time. Oh, uh, yes. Well, her journey has changed in the sense of what we thought it would be. When she was born, we discussed that she was going to have to go down a reconstruction route and have the Norwood, which was one of the surgeries that was first pioneered here. And we found comfort in that. However, in typical Tenley fashion, I guess you can, do you yeah. want to explain the next part? So she was born on a Thursday and then Friday they had scheduled her surgery for a Monday. And Sunday afternoon, mm -hmm. after we were, you know, mentally preparing ourselves for surgery first thing Monday morning, the attending doctor came in and had a meeting with us and sat down and said, we're canceling her surgery for tomorrow. And the reason we're doing that is because we believe that she will not make it through that surgery and that this is no longer the best route for your daughter. And very puzzled, Jamie and I were just naturally like, why? And uh, she began to explain that she was going into heart failure and that we would meet with teams that Monday instead of having surgery, but she would will probably need a heart transplant. So at that point, our whole world already flipped upside down, just seemed to shatter. I think that was one of the points where we hit rock bottom, but never lost faith. We had lots of meetings, and um, the wait began. So she was listed for heart transplant, but just a couple weeks old, officially listed, and then we just waited. And uh, it was weird. He had to go back to work, and then I just was here every single day, and it was like Groundhog Day. So there was many memorable uh, moments, but mo most of the moments that I think are most memorable are like the small things, like the first time that I could give her a bath, which isn't an, an actual real bath. It was soap and water in a little pan and on her crib. The first time we could bring her for a walk in like a stroller around the hallways when she was just a couple weeks old, or the first time that she could go outside in the little garden she was 77 days old. And then the day of her heart transplant, I think, is by far the most memorable. So tell us about the moment that you found out a heart was available for Tenley. You know, we were waiting for five months. And five months is, is a very long time that every single day you're hoping that today's the day that your life is going to change forever. So every day we would say to each other, I hope that there's a sign. And one day I was walking home from the hospital to go get dinner at the Ronald McDonald House. And I passed by a sign on Chestnut Street, and it said, if you're looking for a sign, this is it. And I took a picture of that sign, and I sent it to Nick, and I said, I hope this is our sign. And then the next day, I went to Starbucks on the way, as I typically do, and I remember just staring there at the window. And for whatever reason, I paused for a moment instead of going in the hospital. And normally, I rush, rush, rush because change of shift happens at 7 o'clock, and I like to be there before 7.30. And anyway, for whatever reason, I paused for a moment, and I remember looking up at the window, 
And I decided at that moment, why not go on Amazon? And I bought myself a shirt that said, Faith Over Fear. I bought that shirt, and then I decided to walk in to the hospital, and I went in, and uh, I sat down and did my normal routine that I did in the morning, which was pick her up and snuggle her. And I just remember feeling like that was the day, and I remember texting Nick and saying, I think this is the day. And I positioned my chair so I could see the door, and I was just staring at the door hoping that the doctors would come in, and all of a sudden I saw... Dr. John and Dr. Ravishankar come and reach for the door and open it up. And that was abnormal because being there five months, I knew the routine and when doctors should come and when they typically don't. And uh, they reached for the door to come and open it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is it. This is it. It's about to happen. And um, her phone rang, so she didn't open the door, and she uh, walked away. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I remember texting him like, I don't know what's happening, but I think this is it. And 20 minutes later— um, she came back, and they walked in and smiled, and they didn't have to say anything. And I just knew that it was the day, and I um, laughed and smiled and cried all at the same time because I know that Tenley receiving a heart meant someone else just lost their baby. But in that... Um, my baby was going to have a new chance at life. Um, it was just overwhelming for me and for the doctors, and it's a moment that I'll never forget. Talk about the power of mother's intuition. Yeah. And for our listeners, how old was she when she actually had the heart transplant? Yeah, so she was like pretty much exactly five months old. So we waited five months. Uh, and then finally we found out that we were going to accept the perfect little heart for her. And then initially after she had her transplant, it was very rocky and she had to be placed on ECMO. However, fast forward, we were home three weeks later. So uh, we were here a total of just about six months. So once she had her heart transplant, three weeks later and we were home for the very first time. Yeah. So I'd love to hear more about Tenley. Yeah. What does she like to do? What's she like yeah. now? Well, our little Tenley, she's wild. I mean, when she hit 12 months old, she just blossomed into herself. She was just like a full-blown crazy child. She loves being with her sister and doing everything with her. And um, Tenley kind of blazes her own trail a little bit. She's mm -hmm. just like, you know, very strong personality. And she has this super, super curly hair, and it's super cute, and it fits her personality because she's just a wild child. And her favorite thing to do is to eat food, and we always joke that she's making up for lost time. So she's always eating, and she's super sweet, and she was Mary Poppins for Halloween, and she just loves to dance and sing and pretend she's a princess and dress up and wear dresses every single day, every day. And how old is she now? Yeah, so she's a little over three and a half, which will be four in February. And her sister is? Savannah is five, and then her little brother, Kip, Kipton, is two. Wow, you mm -hmm. have your hands full. We sure do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So what kind of follow-up care does she receive now? She comes back to CHOP at least every three months, cardiac-wise. So we come here to the main campus to visit her cardiologist and just routine checkups every three months. And then uh, once a year, she has a cardiac cath, and they do a biopsy of her heart, and they check for rejection just to make sure that we're not missing anything. 
Well, the two of you have been through a lot and yes. uh, learned a lot. So what type of advice would you have for families that might be going through a similar situation with a child with a life-threatening illness? First thing we always do is refer people to CHOP. We've actually met and been in communication with a few families that have had heart babies, and we always refer them to CHOP. And we just try and reassure them that you're, you are in the greatest place. You are doing the best thing for your child by bringing them here. And we know that because our daughter was born here and her life was spared here. She was given her second chance at life. And her team that surrounds her, they care so much for her. And so we always reiterate the care that we've received. And it just, I think, gives other people that sense of calmness and just come here. You will be taken care of. I would say something that I always tell families, whether it's another heart family or just, you know, another medical condition, I think the best thing you can do is educate yourself, research as much as you can, find out as much about whatever the diagnosis is by yourself. And then that way, when you're speaking with all these doctors and there's all of these terms that are all new to you and this it's a whole new world, that way you somewhat are understanding what is going on. And then also, in addition to research, just know that whatever route you may go down, whatever your journey may be, there's resources and other people to support you, whatever may happen. We have friends that we've met along the way that haven't had the same journey as us and they've lost their little ones, but just finding comfort that there's other people that have gone through the same journey or similar journeys that you have and just connecting with other people. That's great advice. Yeah. In 2021, you participated in our spin-in event, which is a team cycling event that raises money for the cardiac center here at CHOP. So tell me why giving back is important to you and your family. We've participated, yes, in uh, 2020, 2021, and 2022, and we will this upcoming year as well. It's a cause that obviously is very close to our heart, the Cardiac Center. We spent six months in the Cardiac Center, and we call it our second home, and we have seen the miracles that happen there on a daily basis. We have witnessed miracles, and just to be able to give back to a place that has given our daughter a second chance of life is uh, so meaningful. Just to add to that, not only Tenley, but our daughter Savannah, when she was here with Jamie, with her moms, how the nurses and child life and how they tried to instill some normalcy into Savannah's life, being in a hospital with her sister that's waiting for a life-saving organ, the care and the passion that is within the doors of the hospital means everything to us and everyone in the cardiac center. They treated us like family, and we will forever consider them our family. And so we will, year after year, do everything we can to give back to a place that's given us everything. I always like to close by asking my guests about their personal breakthroughs. So I'll start with you, Jamie. What was your biggest breakthrough moment? So once Tenley was born and we've gone through everything, we've often asked ourselves why. Why is all this happening? And it makes me emotional just thinking about it. But I think we know her why. And it's for moments like this to tell our story and to spread awareness, whether it's about the heart and CHD and how many kids are affected by it. But then also just there's a, this whole other world out here, the medical world, that families and little kids are going through that people don't even realize. 
I never thought uh, we would be in this position, but here we are. And I feel like we've weathered the storm and it will be a storm that will continue to evolve, I think, for a while. In the last year, I started a business and it's called Forget Me Never Flower Truck. And I was inspired by Tenley and her donor. And Forget Me Not, the flower is a symbol of remembrance. And so in order to honor and remember her donor, that's why I started it. When I was here in the hospital, my husband would bring me flowers. And whenever I would see them, they would make me smile and bring so much joy to me. Um, But not even just to me, but to others, whoever would walk into my hospital room. They would just make people smile. So starting this business, I'm able to spread joy and then just also share Tenley's journey and honor her donor and then um, tell everyone about CHOP and what it's meant to us. My breakthrough is probably very similar to that. When Tenley got her transplant, we went to go see her. We were receiving updates throughout the night. She's doing well. She's doing well. Hey, your daughter's heart is now beating. Her new heart is beating on its own. She's doing it. And we made it to the floor when she came back from surgery. And within 30 minutes, they told us that she's not doing well. We need to put her on life support. And it's a 50-50 shot, but maybe she just needs some rest and she'll pull through. And I think after she pulled through, we, you know, it was a very quick turnaround, like Jamie said. After she came off life support, we were home in three weeks. And so that's just a miraculous, like from one extreme to the next, it was a whirlwind. And when that whirlwind kind of settled and we started asking ourselves why, I mean, we asked ourselves why every day, but after we went from one extreme to the next to the next till we were home, you know, the why, and then every chance, like we were saying, to give back and spread awareness and share her story and share not only her story, but our story and our story of the people here. That was my breakthrough moment. Jamie and Nick, thank you so much for being here with me today to share your family's story. To learn more about how you can be part of tomorrow's breakthroughs at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, please visit chop.edu slash giving. At CHOP, we make breakthroughs every day. I'm Madeline Bell. Thank you for listening.